What's keeping you from being a great performer? We're going to talk about that next. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Musician Toolkit, episode number nine. My name is David Lane. It is great to be with you once again. And before we get into today's topic, which is actually a short one, but it's one that I think that's pretty important, uh, I just want to remind you once again on the show notes, there is a link for an app called Fonz. It's also a website. If you have a studio of any kind, whether it's being a, you know, teaching music or also, you know, yoga, martial arts, being a personal trainer, it's something that you definitely ought to take a look at. They have a trial period. See if it works for you. For me, uh, I, I just love the ease that uh, this app provides as far as uh, receiving payments for um, scheduling and also even even uh, even as a marketplace helps you with SEO. There's a lot of things that it will help you with your business side and you can automate so much of that so that you can spend more time being creative, doing lesson planning, the, the things that... Uh, that make you better at your job with your clients and your students rather than constantly having to do so much manual work as far as a business person goes. So the title of today's episode is What's Keeping You From Being a Great Performer? For the, for the sake of simplification, we're going to say that there are four types of musicians in the world. Bad, average, good, and great. Now I understand that there are more transitionary levels, below average, above average, um, and these don't need to be mentioned since, since these imply moving from bad to average or moving from average to good. And, uh, and I also won't mention descriptions beyond great such as elite which represents a very small percentage of people who play whatever instrument that you play whether it's piano or something else and honestly if you are old enough to listen to this podcast or watch on youtube and um, you know you're doing that because you want to improve your musicianship and you're old enough to understand what i'm talking about i hate to break this to you but you you probably haven't started early and fast enough to become elite. But don't be depressed. Being merely a great pianist, merely a great violinist, merely a great clarinetist, a vocalist, or so on, to be merely great is not only nothing to cry about, but it's a laudable achievement that is something to strive for. However, most musicians are not great. Bad and average musicians probably make up over half, maybe even 60% of the musicians in all the world. And by the way, if you hear me talking about percentage in this episode, I, I try to, I'll try to give this disclaimer. Sometimes I'll quote facts. Sometimes I'm just rough estimate observation. And uh, that's what this is. Uh, so these numbers are not factual. But I, I would not surprise me, just based on my observation, probably 60% of musicians in the world would be bad or average. And by the way, the, the, just as an aside, there's a, there's a program that I follow for fitness, and they once said, on average, 
most people are mediocre at most things. And and that's true. Most people also kind of think they're above average. It's, it's funny how like 80% of drivers think they're better than average, but by definition, 80% cannot be better than average. So a little bit of fun with math if you kind of dive in versus our perception of how things are. So I think before we go forward, we need to settle on what the word average means. It just means like out of a thousand pianists in a room, uh, it have to be a big room, that would be the third, the 300th best through the 700th best. You know, I mean, we're talking about a kind of a wide swath. So when we talk about average, we're talking about the typical musician. And, and by the way, average is different for different contexts. The average professional symphony orchestra player is very good. But maybe they're not as good. Like, let's just say the average the average violinist in a symphony orchestra is very good. Are they as good as Itzhak Perlman or Laura St. John? You also can talk about the average college music major. And, and within that, there's the average college performance major or the average music education major who, who happens to play an instrument. You have the average high school orchestral or band member or, you know, someone who sings in chorus. So try not to roll your eyes when you hear, when you hear talk about average as, as being something bad. It all depends on the context. It depends on the stage of where you are. Uh, and it's really hard to compare apples and oranges, but just talking about the big scheme of things, most musicians, most instrumentalists, most performers are bad or average. So go, going back to my little 60% estimate of the remaining 40%, most of those musicians are good. Only a small percentage are going to be great and probably an amount that you can't even really measure is going to be elite we're not talking about one percent of the musicians in the world we're talking des decimal points you know 0. 0.0001 again <laughs> my based on my observation so why is this the case so for reasons we'll talk about climbing up the ladder in musician categories is hard and this is very important before we go on. It's crucial that you accept this fact before moving on with this podcast, with this YouTube video, to wherever, wherever you happen to be catching this. Because I'm going to make a big deal of it. Being great at an instrument is hard. Being great at an instrument is hard and it takes a lot of time. Some of you may be thinking, oh, really? Okay, well, I guess I won't be great at my instrument if it's really going to be really hard and take a lot of time. I'll go be great at something else that isn't so hard. So let me go ahead and, uh, and tell you this before you go away. Being great at anything is hard and takes a lot of time. So if anything requires difficulty and time to be great, why not pursue that on the piano? or the marimba, or the viola, or the oboe, or any other instrument. 
So let's go on. We're talking about becoming great, but we have to quickly talk about how to get from bad to good. So if to be a bad performer, again, I'm talking to a lot of, um, I hope I'm talking to a lot of parents of, of music students and a lot of music students, uh, or maybe even people who are thinking about getting into music. So again, I'm, this is a wide envelope here. So if you're a professional musician, I'm probably not talking about you at this point, but to be a bad performer, just simply play during your lessons and hardly ever in between. If you practice, if it happens, it's unfocused or take a few lessons and stop. Don't practice at all. That's the recipe for being a bad performer. You have a few options of how to go down that road. Um, and, and, uh, you know, another one that I didn't, didn't mention is, uh, be a beginner. <laughs> you, you're a bad performer on your instrument. If you're just getting started or if you're playing the music of a, of a beginner, if you haven't progressed past that point, everybody starts off as bad. You know, again, it's, it's kind of a miracle person, one in a, in a million probably, who just never seems to have ever been bad. They just jump right into average or good. So what do you have to do to be an average performer? You should practice at least a few days a week with some focus. Practice on uh, new and challenging material. It doesn't have to be a high percentage of of your time at your instrument but it needs to be something regular and uh and you should do this consistently for at least a year or two with a mentor and uh and you'll be average you'll be an average instrumentalist or vocalist you want to keep playing your instrument you want to keep singing but you'll you'll progress you'll you'll make strides and you'll be like most of the people who play your instrument. And I want to say, if you have, if, if I haven't made it clear, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being average on your instrument if you enjoy what you're playing. So how do you become a good performer? To become a good performer, practice needs to become a habit. You need to shoot for daily time at your instrument time every day. You need to be focusing practice on new and challenging skills and also new and challenging pieces. You also, you need to be taking lessons or you need to have someone experienced in your life who can give you regular feedback. How much time should, should you be spending? In, um, honestly, it doesn't really matter. Practice 15 minutes a day with focus. Uh, and you'll eventually, you'll eventually be good. It'll just take longer. It'll just take more, more years than if you practice more, um, practice several hours a day and you'll get, you'll get good faster. So, so what happens if you practice eight hours a day with just what I said? Sorry, you'll never be great. Sorry, it's not enough. Be and, and that's because time and effort are only part of what makes someone great. So now let's get to the question, what's keeping you from being a great performer? 
I've come up with seven possible reasons why that might be. The first one is that you're not good yet. This is a simple test. Is practice a habit? A daily habit? Are you focusing on new and challenging material? Are you taking lessons? If so, are you applying feedback to your practice? You have to do this to become good. You're, you're an average musician if you're not doing this much. So you have to be doing these things to become good. Practice has to be a daily habit. You need to be f focusing. That doesn't mean that 100% of your time, but, but you have to have focused time in practice on material that is new and challenging to your current level. And you need to either be taking lessons or you need to have feedback from someone knowledgeable and experienced in your life that can help you as you're going on. You don't go from bad to great or from average to great without passing by good. So make sure that you are doing what you need to do to become a good musician, a good performer. So check your habits. This is not requirement 101, but it's 099, something you must do before you can move on. So the second reason why you might not be a great performer yet, you place too much value on comfort and satisfaction. As I said, go ahead and practice eight hours a day with the habits of a good instrumentalist or vocalist, and you won't be great. You won't be great if your material and technique doesn't stretch you to your limits. A runner who isn't huffing and gasping every now and then knows that they won't get faster. A weightlifter who doesn't feel the soreness of muscle burn isn't getting much stronger. As a musician, you must face the facts. Stretching yourself requires discomfort. I'll say that again, maybe say it with me. Okay, one, two, three. Stretching yourself requires discomfort. Practicing in a way to be great will not feed your ego. If you want to be a good performer and you want to have great self-esteem, feel wonderful about yourself, then take that piece that you learned last year that you already know how to play until it's faster and more fulfilling. Being a great performer will not feed your ego. The road to being great is chock full of potholes. It's constantly under construction. There are detours. You'll have times where you wish you could just go back to the, the land of good and stay there. At the same time, the road to great will lead you to make progress. And you are getting closer if you persevere. So the second reason why you might not be great yet is that you, you place too much value on comfort and satisfaction. So the third and fourth reason why you might not be a great musician yet are kind of related. Number three, you waste time on easy sections and you ignore what is difficult. Unless you're trying to jump many levels ahead, almost nothing you practice is totally hard. It has easy measures and it has hard measures. In most cases, it should be simple to figure out which is which. 
the ego-driven good instrumentalists or vocalists practices what is easy every chance they can because it's fun to hear the accomplishment and avoid the brain strain of uh, what great performers do. What do great performers do? They dive in, they struggle, they wrestle with the difficult sections. You need to commit a large portion of your practice to the hard places. There's a book with a great title out there, Do the Hard Things. You want to be a great musician? You need to do the hard things. You need to commit, once again, a large portion of your practice to the hard places. You might be neglecting the easy spots, sometimes for consecutive practices. You tackle them first while your energy is fresh and you tackle them often. If you have pesky measures, there's a huge advantage to going 5 to 10 focused minutes of practice on the same spot multiple times a day. Give yourself a break, but keep coming back. Don't get mad or discouraged while it's hard. You will win every match of your, if you see practice as a game, you will win every match eventually if you simply don't give up. So perhaps you're not a great musician yet because you waste time on easy sections and you ignore what's difficult. Well, the fourth reason you might not be great yet is that your music is too easy. I'm going to be specific for pianists for this point because I know the repertoire, but there's a similar path and similar comparisons to be made for other instrumentalists or vocalists. So here's an easy guide to the levels. To be average, play music that an average person on your instrument will play. To be good, play music that good musicians on your instrument play. To be great, play music that great instrumentalists or vocalists play. So for this next point, if you're if you're following on on YouTube, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Um, but this this is tricky um, because the road from Clementi's Sonatina Opus 36 Number One, which nearly every pianist plays at some point, to go from that to Beethoven's Hammer Clavier Sonata, his number Sonata Number 29, which is still regarded as one of the most difficult pieces ever written for that instrument. Um, there are many, many steps in between. Your music should always challenge you, but it should never overwhelm you. You need to be practicing music that will advance you a few more miles down the road to greatness. You can choose to practice easier music to stay in the land of the good and have more choices, uh, more, more pieces to play. And this is where a teacher is invaluable to help you move forward at a pace that best suits you. You want you want that next bit of stretch. As I as I often like to tell my my students, I, I teach at a building um, where you enter uh, on a ground level floor and then you go down 18 steps to get to the basement where all the music studios are. And you know to leave you have to go up those 18 steps to get out. And I often invite my students just uh, you know we're talking about progressing whether it's you know how to handle getting faster with a metronome or or you know shooting up some levels um you know just imagine when you stop at the bottom of the steps and you look up to you know where the 18th step is you know just imagine the staircase wasn't there 
you had to jump <laughs> or you had to by some other means get to that top floor it's, it's a lot more of a daunting task and also what if you try to take like four steps at one time or three steps at one time you might have you might have the legs that can do that but you'll feel the strain later on and you won't really have mastered each step along the way so I really think this is this is why you have to have a teacher. It might be the most valuable reason to have a teacher because we're not always very good judges of what suits us as much as we think we are. It's good to have someone who's more experienced, more knowledgeable, uh, has some acumen with teaching and can help you with what will challenge you but not overwhelm you. So again, Another reason why you might not be a great instrumentalist or vocalist yet is because your, your music is too easy. So that was number four. Number five is that you ignore or you underemphasize your technique. Just as a reference, so you don't have to go search for it, I'm going to include a link for a great pianist, Valentina Lisista, performing the finale of the Hammer Clavier Sonata. To achieve the speed and independence required to play that particular passage, it requires many hundreds to thousands of hours on specific scales and arpeggios, not to mention etudes and exercises that mix these together. So here's a fact. The speed of your scales is the limit of how fast you can play music with those scales. So yeah, think about that. The speed of your scales, however fast you can play your scales, that's how fast you can play music with those scales. If you're not working to get your scales faster, you're not going to be able to play music faster that has that type of technique. Same goes with your arpeggios. Learn your skills and then speed them up. And then learn them in harder ways and speed them up again. This needs to be a regular part of your practice. So you might not be great because you ignore or you underemphasize your technique. The sixth reason why you might not be great at performing is that you neglect your theory. This is one of the tools that should be in your toolkit. Knowledge of music theory. I've met good musicians who, who don't know much about theory. But I don't think I've ever met a great musician who is lacking in this area. Theory requires study, written study. The more you know, the better you understand your playing. So you might not be great yet because you neglect your theory. Seventh and finally, you might not be a great performer because you haven't mastered the art of deliberate practice. If you read this in my blog, you'll notice that I capitalize that deliberate practice. I think this is the most important distinction between being a great performer or just a good performer a good performer can work on something hard but the goal might be i'm going to start on measure one and play to measure 16 as many times as i can within 20 minutes the great performer looks at the really tricky measure 12 uh you know the one with the chromatic scale and will practice only that for 15 minutes they practice it super slowly, focusing on fingerings and absolute accuracy. Then they apply long, short, and short, long rhythms. They also approach it from the end, moving progressively backwards until they're starting from the beginning. They, they also notice that it's, it's chromatic, 
So they review a chromatic scale. Then they get out a metronome and they work on the tempo. And guess what? They'll also do this tomorrow and the next day and so on until it's mastered, until there's no mistakes, there's no hesitation. So if you're not a great musician yet, that might be why. You haven't mastered the art of deliberate practice. And practice is one of, I think, the, the cornerstone skills that you need in your toolkit. So that's why we will talk about it quite a bit. This post was inspired by a book that I read a few years ago that, I, that I'm meaning to come back to. It's actually by an author I've read other books by, and I highly recommend it. Um, and it talks about that last step, the art of deliberate practice. And uh, it's called, So Good They Can't Ignore You, Why Skills Trump Passion in the Quest for the Work You Love. And that's by Cal Newport. And he also has a podcast as well. And he has several books. He has other great books out there that I would recommend. But that is one, I think, if you're a musician, especially if you're, you're a musician who would like to get work as a musician, you might want to check that out. So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. So I want to, I want to say this again, just to be, be clear. There is nothing wrong with being an average or good instrumentalist or vocalist. If you enjoy the fun side of your instrument, but you get burned out from the challenge, this is not something to find shameful or embarrassing. Um, you might you might have a lot of stress in your life from your job, um, or you know something in your home life. You know you you might have kids that that have uh, you know a lot of places to be. You you might be a busy mom, busy dad. There's there's so many reasons why there may be source of stress in your life, and it, there's just no more room to take on the difficulty. And you just say, look, I want, I want to play music, but I don't want to go through those steps that you have to, to get to the truly great music. And, and I want, I want you to understand it. And I want you to know that I affirm that is perfectly fine. There is nothing shameful or embarrassing to simply being an average musician or just, you know, barely being a good musician. Music should, in the end, give you joy, and it should serve your needs. This episode is just only if you have been wondering, what's keeping me from being great? And the answers are only your time, your resistance to difficulty, and or your approach to learning. If you master those steps, be patient. You too will be great. If you teach music out there, what most resonates with you or what do you think I left out? You can leave me a message at the link in the show notes. It is speakpipe.com slash musician toolkit. And I just want to remind you, I don't have a separate feed for the podcast and my artist pages. You can follow me and the musician toolkit on Instagram and TikTok at David Lane music or Facebook um, at David M Lane music. And of course you can Watch all of these episodes or most of these episodes at uh, David Lane Music One. And I'm often guilty of saying this will probably be a short episode when it's a little bit longer. I do have some shorter episodes coming up. Thank you so much for checking out the Musician Toolkit. Um, if you haven't done so already, it would really be a great benefit to um, having these podcast engines expose this to listeners who might get something out of it. If you would share 
the episode, but also if you would please offer a five-star rating and review on uh, if your podcast allows that. I know that uh, Apple does and Spotify does as long as you've actually listened to at least a couple of episodes, I believe. So anything that that would be a great help to us. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Musician Toolkit.